As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Growlin, Paul Jr. Jr. of The Athletic. Excited to be with you here. It is Thursday. It is Chiefs Week. The new year is upon us. Happy New Year in advance to all of you. Although I'm sure we'll do more New Year wishing in the walkout after the Bengals play the Chiefs on uh, Sunday night on New Year's Eve. Uh, Excited to have our guest today, Nate Taylor, old friend of the program. You know, just another visit with Nate in what uh, neither of us, I think, anticipated to be the context of this game, but we take a... A pretty deep dive into the state of the Bengals and the Chiefs and, and what is in store for Sunday um, at Arrowhead. And uh, look, no, no, in the locker room this week, nobody has dropped a browning head yet. So that's good. Um, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of trash talk uh, from whoever gets the win in this one. Before I get to Nate. Uh, want to touch on a few things. Of course, I'll, I'll get to your predictions, Bengals growler bet, all that stuff uh, coming up in a little bit. Uh, wanted to touch on a few things. One, Dan Pompey has an excellent feature out on Lou Anarumo right now. I highly recommend going and reading it and uh, envision Lou Anarumo in his childhood bed eating, of course, Mama's Chicken Cutlets uh, and... Uh, Coaching the New York Giants all at the same time, but awesome stuff from Dan. Something I know he's been working on for a long time uh, on the Bengals defensive coordinator. You'll enjoy that. Uh, the whip around is up, so make sure you go check that out. Talked about things you would return. You know, you're all everybody's everybody's taking gifts back, so we like to play on the season one last time here. Uh, so answered that a little bit about some of the, the state of the North as always. Uh, Tomorrow, I've spent much of this week working on a feature on Cheetah Bay Ouzier. Um, You heard some from him after the game uh, on Saturday on, on the walkout, those of you that, that decided to listen um, and, and didn't go to the dark place or, or decided it was just too too hurtful. Um, I, I kind of wanted to dive deeper in that in, in his season. It's been kind of a little bit of a mystery. You know, I mean, there was this expectation at the beginning of the year that, that Cheeto looks great coming off the ACL and 
But there's, there was all this caution, and when he played, he didn't look quite right. And there's the, the back injury, and he's in a rotation with DJ Turner. And, and then you had what happened on Saturday. And there's just a lot more to the story. And you have his free agency looming. You know, the Bengals have clearly kind of painted themselves into DJ Turner and Cam Taylor Britt for the future. What does that mean for this guy? He's going to be entering year eight next year, which is kind of a cornerback cliff. And I, I wanted to just kind of get a better view of his season and, and his perspective on it. He's always been one of the most interesting people to talk to in this locker room. And I don't think people realize, you know, how things had kind of started to shape up better for him over the previous month before everyone has now watched George Pickens run past him a million times uh, on the highlight shows. Um, so I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, feature that, that'll be out Friday morning uh, on Chita Bay Wouzier and, and sort of behind the scenes on, on his season and how tough it's been for him and, and those close to him. All right, uh, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, on the news tip, Cam Taylor Britt, designated for return, was a full participant in practice on Wednesday, spoke afterwards. Things are trending in a good direction for Cam to come back. Will he be in a rotation? Will he be full? Will DJ Turner play, or will he take a break? DJ Turner, who's really struggled um, the last month plus for any number of reasons. Will, will he still be part of will they Will Chita Bay Wuzier go back to a rotation? It's a lot of curious what's going to happen there, but it does look good for Cam Taylor Britt coming back. Jamar Chase doesn't look so good. Uh, TBD, I mean, you never know because Chase is the one guy who they could kind of hold back all week and then say, okay, he can go give you some snaps on Sunday. But for now, just working on the rehab field on Wednesday and wait and see on that. Uh, Willie Anderson, finalist for the Hall of Fame for the third straight year. Congratulations to Willie. Uh, only, only one other offensive lineman is amongst the 15 finalists that will eventually become you know, five modern-day selections. Uh, Jari Evans, who's a guard, you know, it would seem if there's going to be an offensive lineman, it would be Willie. It's a tough class. If he's going to break through, this would certainly seem like the year to do so. Um, will be an interesting case this year. So maybe this is the year for Willie Anderson to finally get his due, a topic that we've discussed often on this podcast, of course. All right. Um, before I get to Nate, I want to bring you a couple of clips from this week from Brian Callahan and from Lou Anarumo in our conversations and in the media room with them. Um, want to start with one thing, and that's from Brian Callahan talking about um, you know, assessing Jake Browning. Was this a was this the pumpkin moment? Was this uh, is it just the Steelers have his number? A little bit on that, as well as Chris Jones and the defensive line. Some interesting things I think he said in in that regard. So here's offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Is there something that Pittsburgh? has done against Jake that makes them unique that is much harder to deal with in comparison to when you approach <coughs> the other games yeah. going forward or, or the ones that he played well in? 
Yeah, they, they cause so many problems because of their front, you know, and, and really their, their front makes their whole team go. Um, and those guys are hard to handle, and they limit they do limit some of your play selection because of how they play. Um, that's a big part of what makes them a tough matchup um, when you're trying to do some of the things that you'd like to do with Jake. Uh, but they, they, they make running the ball hard. They played really soft coverage. They just sort of said you're not going to get anything big, and they did their best to just keep everything in front of them. And uh, obviously they played well on offense too. And then when you go down against that team, 14 nothing like that, it's, it's a really, really difficult style game script to play in, you know, when they're just, especially when, you know, TJ is trying to break the sack record. So, you know, they're just rushing the passer. And it, it just makes it hard. It's a hard spot to be in. It's, you want to play those guys with the lead. We didn't. You certainly don't want to be down two scores and then three scores. Um, it takes you kind of out of your whole ability to, to manage the game. Do you compartmentalize Jake's struggles against the Steelers as almost a separate entity over his over his stretch here then because of just kind of the unique challenges? or? Um, no, I mean, I think he uh, – yes and no. There's parts of it where I think he can just – he needed to play better than he did in the second game, and, and, and we have a chance. I, you know, even if he plays great, you know, we had a hard time stopping him too, so I don't know what that looks like in the course of a full game. But, um, you know, when you give up a, a touchdown – on the first play or second play of the game, you go down and we, we throw an interception and we're trying to throw the ball away, and then now there's no points and they go down and score and it's 14 nothing like that. That's really tough to overcome in a, in a whole lot of different ways. But um, it's hard to – the first start was a different style game. It was his first start against Pittsburgh. It's hard. Um, I compartmentalize some things, and there's some things where it's like we just have to play better than we did. There's really no way around it, and he's got to play better than he did in spots. So – how much of, of the struggles you guys had offensively in the AFC Championship game last year was directly related to Chris Jones? A lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's one of the – he's arguably the top player as an interior defensive lineman. Him and Aaron Donald probably are the two most disruptive guys um, that, that we've faced certainly. And, you know, and he moves all over the place. He lines up left, he lines up right, he lines up on the edge. He's And he's, he's a force um, and he's hard to block one-on-one. So – he gets one-on-one opportunities. He tends to win most of those. Uh, to try not to give him as many as you can, but it's also hard to keep track of him because he moves from different spots. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's an incredibly disruptive player. That you know, he's one of the few true game wreckers uh, on a front that, uh, especially as an interior player. But he's he's dynamic. You were down a few guys in that game. Are, are you looking forward to seeing what it looks like with with all your starters in there against? Yeah, them? yeah. I mean, I think it's I think we're a better group up front than we were in that game. Um, and it's going to be a test. I mean, we'll, they'll, they'll test us. Um, but yeah, I do. I feel good about that matchup, and it's going to be one that, if we win the game, it's because we we handled that part of it well enough. Um, you know, both in the run and the pass game, he's, he's disruptive in both. So uh, that's a big challenge for our guys. So there's Brian Callahan. You know, I think he says it right there. If they're going to win the game, that's going to be a big part of it. That's going to be it. Is is did they contain Chris Jones? Did they limit this Chiefs pass rush? I mean, this is a good Chiefs defense, man. There's no way around that. Um, I'm going to get into that a lot more with Nate here in a minute. Um, and, and Jake Browning, I think, that, you know, I look at it and, and I see a way that Jake Browning certainly plays well against this Chiefs team. That would not stun me in the least. I, I think that the the setup of what happened in Pittsburgh um, 
between falling behind and that D and, and everything else played again. But that said, you know, the the truly stupid mistakes, his words, dumb decisions, his words, um, are the ones that you can't have. Now, what, what do we know about Jake Browning? Self-awareness, right? He's done a great job of sort of learning on the fly, learning from his mistakes, this team building game plans around those lessons. Um, so we'll see if there's maybe a little less close your eyes and chuck it or or a risk taking and it maybe it's a little safer game in one where you think it could flip on Kansas City getting turnovers giving turnovers I should say which is something they've been in the habit of doing so you know Patrick Mahomes just had an interception in four straight games lots going on there on their side which we'll get into as well with Nate um I want to bring you Luana Rumo now Topic of the day, topic of the year, topic of his season, explosives. They just keep happening. They Every team they go against, no matter who the quarterback, sometimes soon-to-be-benched quarterbacks, formerly third-string quarterbacks, it doesn't matter. They just keep finding explosives against this defense for any number of reasons. And... You know, a lot of young guys back there. We've heard this story. You've got Jordan Battle. You've you had new piece Nick Scott. You have Dax Hill in his first year. You've had Cam Taylor Britt in his second year. You've had Chiba Wuze early in the year coming back off the ACL and saw what happened against Pickens and DJ Turner, all this stuff. And so the the, the conversation is sort of about where how do you how do you look at this? How does he view this? Is this youth? Is this what is it? What does it mean for, for the future? And I thought Lou was really good. And you could tell very much intolerant of what has been happening there at this point. And some good perspective on that. So here's Lou Anarumo kind of on the explosive play conversation. How much of the big plays, how much do you attribute to, to youth? I mean, at this point in the season, uh, you know, I, I don't want to make excuses um, for anything, but we can't win a football game if, if we give up 200 yards on three plays. Can't. So I told him the other day, I said, we are what we are right now. Um, these things have to stop in order for us to be a consistent uh, defense. These are things that have not shown up in a long, long time, but they've shown up this year. So whatever the f- reasons are, you know, we'll keep uh, working at it like we're doing, but uh, they can't continue. What, what are the reasons, you think? Um, we got balls going over our heads. we got missed tackles on slants, uh, you know. So those are the reasons. Lou, has is, is there been an inconsistent marriage between pass rush and coverage where maybe pass rush wins but the ball's already out and then vice versa where pass rush doesn't win yeah. and coverage can't hold up for well, these were, times? Well, these were uh, five-yard slant and yeah. uh, two fade balls, you know, so, um, and then you had one where, you know, Cheeto, you guys talked to Cheeto the other day, he could have played that, he knows he could have played that better on the on the one-third and long, so um, the other ones, it's just a matter of angles out of, out of center field and getting the guy on the ground, you know, by the corner, so, um, you know, we had a 13-yard run and a nine-yard run um, on a trap where we got to be more aware as a three-technique. Uh, the linebackers got to fit a little bit better. That was the longest run of the game. Um, settled, run game settled down. I think they had like 38 yards in the second half rushing. I believe that's the number. 
So that was a little bit better, um, but again, we got punched right in the lip, and um, you know, we'll we'll come back. That's what we do. Uh, we'll bounce back, uh, but but we have to stop these big plays. Let's call it what it is. Do you find when you're when a big play does occur with a young group that um, the chances with young players back there of another one occurring is higher than if you had a veteran group back there? Um, maybe you know. I just think that some of it is still you know. Uh, lessons that these guys are learning, um, you know, and, and we'll be better for it in the future. I keep saying that, but the but unfortunately, the future is like today, <laughs> and uh, right. you know, we have to get better at these things immediately. I re- I really liked that from Lou. You know, they're they're going to be better for this in the future, but the future's today. They're, they're they need to win two games to get in the playoffs, and and who knows? And they there's a lot on the line these weeks. And how is this still a thing? You can just hear it in his voice. It's just, I, you know, at one point later in the conversation, somebody asked him about the year, and he said, well, there's a lot of firsts, you know. DJ, this is the most he's ever played a rookie corner with DJ Turner. He's certainly never had a younger secondary than this. You know, he talked about calling guys up on the sideline during the during the game, feeling they were out of sorts, saying that was something he'd never really done, and, he just—you can just tell the discomfort with, and the lack of trust in some spots. Something that he thinks he will build build for the future, but it's just—it's just not there now. And um, now here comes Patrick Mahomes and the struggling Chiefs offense. But we know what they can do. We know what Mahomes can do. He can rip it. And what does it matter? Like, like the quarterback doesn't matter anymore. What the opposing offense has done in previous weeks doesn't matter. Have we learned nothing <laughs> from the last few weeks of watching this Bengals defense? It's up one week. It's down one week. Big plays everywhere. Dudes you've never heard of. Career games. Mullins and Rudolph. I mean, this stuff, it's one of those things where if, if you think that your friend uh, – doesn't understand you right or thinks you're selfish and then you have another friend they think you're selfish you think it's them then you got another an acquaintance who's like ah i think you're selfish no it's just your perspective hey if it keeps happening it's you it's you and with the Bengals, i don't think there's any denying you can tell from the way in there's no blaming there's no Oh, well, this. Oh, well, that. E, well, this. Oh, that guy. Oh, this system. It's you. It's you. And so they're tasked with one last chance to snap their fingers and maybe nip it in the bud against, of all people, uh, Mahomes. But ironically enough, uh, might be the best thing for the Bengals to see right now. On that note... Let's get to this week's conversation. And my guest, old friend, friend of the program, always love catching up with Nate Taylor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's once again head out to Kansas City to our good friend Nate Taylor checking in. What's up, Nate? Oh, Paul. Here we're, we go we're, again. We're here, man. Uh <laughs> Game of the season, right? Yeah, right? that was it. Number one time slot of the year. Uh-huh. CBS locking it in. Nansen Romo and and here we go with uh you know Luana Rumo's like almost last ranked defense and Patrick Mahomes in the struggling Chiefs offense, just as we plotted it to be. Uh huh. Yeah this this was supposed <laughs> to be for the one seed in the yeah in the in the vaunted AFC perhaps. Um, it's uh it's been a, a strange unusual year for both teams um which i think makes this game perhaps in some ways more interesting than we could have anticipated uh but the best part about this rivalry is i still think both franchises are desperate right both franchises are desperate to have some level of success for this year um and because both teams are struggling and desperate uh, it still makes the rivalry pretty fun, you know. I, yeah. I get the sense that uh, the the Chiefs would like to um, get some measure of respect back against the Bengals, uh, and I'm 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 eager to see how the Bengals respond to not only losing to the Steelers, but getting you know essentially two extra days to prepare for the Chiefs. Yeah, they they feel like they've earned it. They went back to back six day weeks and felt like they were in a blur. You know, it's it's a small detail that, like, I don't think fans even think about. But, I mean, every player mm. I talked to was like, man, it really made it a blur. You threw in – they had a, a Monday night game with a 5 a.m. R- arrival back oh. in a six-day week and then another six-day oh week God. entering the holidays. And they just – it felt like gee, there was no breathing. And so yes. they're like, man – this eight days feels like a bye week <laughs> you know, compared to what, but that's yes. welcome to the NFL. Right. This is what they're going to do to you this time of year when every game can get moved and every game's going to be short week. But I have to start here with you and ask you the question that everybody probably asks you uh, these days. What the hell is going on with the chiefs offense? <laughs> what is happening? Uh, they stink. <laughs> like, they stink. let's be honest. They stink. Like it's, they stink guys. Uh, um, it's, it's all right. Um, the headline is they they stink. Uh, yeah. They've lost what four out of their last five games. It's uh, it's something to the effect of, hey, they still have you know the most talented quarterback uh, in the league, but they've uh, sort of discombobulated his own mind. And you <laughs> saw that in the most recent game against the Raiders, where. I mean, Pro Football Focus gave him a like thirty four point two grade. I mean, <laughs> just the worst grade of his career. Um, threw a pick six. Uh, the coaching staff did not help out. They tried a trick play deep in their own end. There goes another touchdown. Mm. Um, but let me remind you, Paul, of just what's surrounding Patrick Mahomes. Okay, let's do this. Travis Kelsey's thirty four years old. He he looks thirty four, and he's playing through multiple injuries to his knee to his ankle he is literally gutting it out every week with taylor swift in the stands <laughs> that's his that's his best teammate on offense yes option uh, one <laughs> yeah then then the then option two is rasheed rice who's a rookie 
who still needs help lining up, who still needs help uh, with timing against zone coverage. So I'm sure the Bengals are going to just drop eight constantly. Um, but yeah, he he at least is their most productive receiver as a rookie. Um, they don't have a third option when, when he drops. <laughs> there's no pass. one else. There's there's I, no one else. What there, about Kadarius Tony, Nate? Uh, he he has a hip injury and um a number he, of other issues and the quarterback uh basically bleep cursed him uh in front of america <laughs> because he dropped a pass for another interception uh right. can i remind can i remind Bengals fans that like okay it's fun to look at the stats yeah almost half of his interceptions this year are because of other people not not because the ball was inaccurately thrown um even on the pick six justin watson who is you could argue their third best pass catcher just statistically. Um, he doesn't come back to the ball. He just lets the pick six happen. He just he he just stops his route. Hey, where's the ball? Oh, I'm not gonna stop the defender. Oh, okay. Oh, and he's running right by me for a touchdown. So um his tackles are Jawan Taylor, who has struggled mightily. And, you know, uh the Bengals can savor this last piece, Jay, uh last piece, Paul. They're they have a left tackle in Donovan Smith. He was bad. Then he got a neck injury. They put in Wayne Morris, who's a rookie. He looks like a rookie. Capable player, fun player, might might stick around, but he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Orlando Brown has been a better tackle this year than anybody who has protected Patrick Mahomes' blind side. <laughs> And I know Beagles fans have their own um, relationship with Orlando Brown, based yeah. on what I see via social media. Um, but they thought that they were going to make an upgrade from Orlando Brown Jr. And um, that has not happened. No, no. Well, what to father Orlando Brown, who uh, yes. apparently uh, just watched his son be born via FaceTime, which is, hey, congratulations to him. Yeah, congratulations like, to him. Uh, but but and, you, and to, you know what? I mean, can we Look, interview you're, 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 you're talking quick? about you're talking about relationships that fans have with Orlando Brown. Do you understand the level of expectations is so low around these parts? Like he has <laughs> been felt like almost as a savior yeah. uh, of, of steadiness, like average left tackle play. And, and this is the best line the Bengals have ever had in this series. Um, and certainly better than the one with uh, some backups that came in there in the AFC championship right. in January. That said though, can I tell you, Nate, about the Bengals' defense? Okay, uh, sure, sure. It's Lou battle Ad- of titans. Lou, Lou Anarumo's just just dialing it up, right? He's he's dialing something up, uh, and he's dialing up Nick Mullins and Mason Rudolph combining for about six hundred yards of passing in back to back weeks. That's impossible. Ma- making making Mason Rudolph to George Pickens look like Bradshaw to Swan in Pittsburgh. <laughs> they have they lead the league in explosive plays against by a full play a game over the 31st team wow okay they couldn't tackle for the first two months of the season Mm. and now dudes and dudes would just be running free in the secondary like they're only playing nine guys or something they have rookies and young players everywhere and it's interesting and what i wanted to ask you about next in this regard because it'll be really it will be I think both sides maybe view this as a get right game. So we'll see if right. maybe, maybe nobody gets right. I don't know on that side, but 
what I'm interested in is they view this in kind of the same ways we used to hear the Chiefs defense talked about in that first year where they were trying to rebuild it with so many young players. Mm-hmm. They they have nothing but young players essentially back there, and Chidabo Wuzier would be the only real veteran, right. but Cam Taylor Britt, second year, uh, DJ Turner, rookie, Jordan Battle, rookie, Dax Hill, first year as a starter. So that's their whole secondary with Mike Hilton. And so wh- when did the when did it turn? When did the worm mm. turn for the Chiefs defense? And can you give Bengals fans some hope on the secondary? Because the point Luana Rumo has made is is these young guys, this we're gonna be better for this in yeah. the future. But the, unfortunately, the future is now and they just haven't been good enough right now. When does it turn? When is there hope there? Yeah, it it I think one of the things that Steve Spagnolo, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, did last year, um, that when you look back now uh, is one of the more brilliant coaching jobs is he really did simplify it for a lot of those defensive backs. Right. Um, You know, just to remind Bengals fans, uh, the Bengals wide receiving core, uh, which is one of the best in the league went up against three rookies in the AFC championship game. And, you know, Trent McDuffie first round pick, but then uh, Joshua Williams, a fourth round pick, and Jalen Watson, a seventh-round pick. They were all on the field with Brian Cook as a safety, mm-hmm. who was a second-round pick. He was a late second-round pick um, at the safety, safety position. They had four rookies in the secondary. But you know what? Steve Spagnuolo all year had sort of been building towards, you're going to play man. We're just going to play man, cover two. It's very simple. Then we're just going to add a little bit of cover two zone just to suggest that we can, like, mix it up and – give some variety. Um, They rarely double teamed anybody. um, And they rarely uh, were able to say, look, we're going to do like split coverage, right? Where one side of the field is man and one side of the field is cover two. He kept it very simple. Um, I I know that's not Lou Anarumo. I I, I know this. And so now because of year two, and this is what Beagles fans should hope for um, because you're playing such a variety of coverages, you're going to be more in sync with one another in year two. And that's what you're seeing now, right? Like Jalen Watson could come onto the field against the Raiders uh, last week. And the Raiders think, oh, great. It's not Trick McDuffie. It's not Legere Sleeve. Hallelujah. We can throw a deep ball. And, and Jalen Watson makes a really nice uh, pass breakup. And it's just like, well, he's he's played enough snaps to where um, he can be a really good, you know, sort of rotational guy in your secondary uh, the thing that the Chiefs, uh, and I, I know you said this earlier, Paul, the thing that the Chiefs really value is, hey, if we're going to play nickel, uh, everybody in the secondary has to be able to tackle. Mm-hmm. And I would say the Chiefs prioritize defensive backs who can tackle more than defensive backs who can make an interception. It's a backwards way of thinking, but Spagnuolo believes that, like, okay, if we get consistent pressure on the quarterback up front, and you tackle in the secondary, that just automatically limits explosive plays because it's not somebody missing an assignment or missing a tackle in the open field, and all of a sudden the ball carrier's continuing to run downfield. So um, if you're a Bengals fan, guess what? Uh, Play man against the Chiefs because they have no man beaters. They have nobody who can beat man coverage. Mm -hmm. And I would also say if you want to mix up where – and this shocked me, and I'm sure it surprised Mahomes, Paul, but the Raiders dropped eight quite a bit against yeah. the Chiefs. 
especially when they got in the red zone. And it all brought me back to that 2021 AFC championship game where it was like, Hey, they can't get open. And it's, you know, it's going to go back to backyard football with Mahomes trying to extend plays. So guess what? We'll have just eight guys occupy all this space um, in a confined area and make life difficult for you. So uh, the Raiders were able to play man in the first half and get away with it. And then they were able to drop eight once they had a lead um, and sort of, you know, muck it up for the chiefs offense. So if you're a Bengals fan, the the hope is, Hey, Dax Hill's going to only get better with more experience. And these cornerbacks, um, even though they're not perhaps the most talented, can you tackle in space? Can you, can you not get beat deep? Um, if you can do that, then all of a sudden those explosive plays sort of come back to earth. Yeah. Uh, when we, you know, I, you've kind of detailed here, this chief's offense and, and what's going wrong. We've seen the frustration level America. You mentioned has seen mm-hmm. <laughs> the frustration level from your angle inside the building. How much more is the frustration level even to what has been public or has that kind of been, you know, the biggest waving of the flag of saying all is not well here is is those explosions that we've seen on the sideline and things like that. I, I think you're right on the second part. I think this is this is it. Um, you know, I kind of wrote about it, but like their offense is broken. And so yeah. what else can you do other than you know, it'd be it'd be one thing if you were very coy or if you were like you know, very stoic in your expressions, but like these guys can't hide it anymore. Like mm-hmm. they're used to scoring 30 points a game, Paul. They're used to making, <laughs> you know, big plays in, in critical moments. Like they still, what's, what's amazing to me is like, they still are very successful on third and long, but then there's another third and long mm-hmm. and there's another third and long. So it's not like, man, if we could just get through this sort of challenge, then all of a sudden it opens up everything else and we, you know, we're off to the races and all of a sudden we're going to score points. Um, if the Bengals don't get a turnover in this game, it's their fault. It's yep. not like the chiefs just hand <laughs> the ball to people <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Like we could, we could be out there and someone's going to fumble or there's going to be some, tr- some trick play play that goes awry. Um, <laughs> they, they are, and I wrote about this too, they're dead last in turnover differential. They just give the ball to the other team all the time. So on average, the Chiefs uh, have at least a turnover per game. Um, and now they're sort of trending in the wrong direction, which is like, hey, they had two turnovers today or, you mm-hmm. know, like it's a three. Um, so the frustration is they can't hide it anymore and they know that they're starting to be exposed. And they know that one of the things I think is difficult for the coaching staff um, is that they have not been able to find a way to counter how teams are starting to really de- defend them. Um, you know, Andy Reid is known for all this creativity and the variety and like, okay, you do this, we do that, right? Um, they don't they don't have unless Mahomes goes back to being like Superman and Kelsey goes back to being like, I'm going to throw my body around. Like I'm not dating Taylor Swift, you know, like I'm not (laughs) trying to like enjoy the comforts of, you know, uh, my personal life. Maybe they could go back to being 
similar to like the Chiefs of the past, but I can't count on them to score 24 points in a game. Yeah. And uh part of that is uh they are starting to it's always it's always compelling when a champion starts to grasp the reality of it's really hard to repeat. And it's really hard to repeat when you don't have the same pieces, like the same teammates you had last year, and you might not have the same hunger and the same intensity. And every other team is more motivated now than ever to dethrone you. Um, It's one of the most compelling parts of sports is a champion who is slowly realizing it's not their year. And I think Travis Kelsey throwing his helmet, Patrick Mahomes, you know, bleeping the the officials, Patrick Mahomes yelling at Kadarius Tony, Patrick Mahomes challenging his offensive lineman, Andy Reid saying we've got to do everything in house, but I've already had a conversation with Travis Kelsey to like, I don't know, be a better leader. All that stuff is them coming to grips with the idea of like, this is who you guys are. There's nowhere to run. You've played 15 games and you haven't really improved. So um, the Bengals have a, a really like it's like they've never come to Arrowhead in this rivalry as like we they should come in there like we're not a, like there's no reason for them to be afraid yeah <laughs> yeah that's, or anyone to be afraid that, going in yeah, there right now yeah yeah and that's and that's I mean if Aiden O'Connell can do it without completing a pass for three quarters then why would right? anyone think that they can't go in there and win yes um, it's funny it's, you talk about compelling well knowing it's not your year it's this it, it, you know a the Bengals dealing with a lot of the same stuff. I mean, they, you know, they've found a little life in like rallying around Jake Browning, but obviously the Burrow injury was the big hammer yeah. there. But mm. they also, you know, like this whole defense is coming to grips with their new financial reality and paying Burrow. And when you're one of these teams on top, everybody needs money. Everybody has yeah. to get paid and you can only hit, in free agency so often you can only hit in drafts so often the the, the percentages are what they are like it doesn't yeah. matter how smart your draft room is everybody hits at a certain percentage in the draft it, it almost doesn't matter how good your pro personnel is you can find angles here and there but eventually free agents bust or free agents didn't respond to a change of scenery the idea of like hitting 100 percent is just not a real thing and when you have Mahomes and when you have Burrow and you're paying them what you're paying them, even yeah. if there's an advantageous contract, these it's, years happen. Like this yeah. is this is and the Bengals and the Chiefs are about to go experience them together, which is just yeah, it makes it fascinating. And you're still picking later in the draft than either one either team would want, right? Yes. We would we would like to pick earlier in the draft. Well, sorry, the your success is what sort of eats away at you. Um, and so yeah, with with guys wanting to get paid um you know the chiefs are starting to have you know changing changes with their coaching staff right like eric Bieniemy's not there anymore yep um they don't have mike kafka who's an offensive coordinator now in new york uh greg lewis one of the better receiver coaches he coaches the ravens man look at the ravens receivers versus the chiefs <laughs> receivers yeah. holy smokes um so like all these all these things sort of happen and like it just slowly builds upon like the the increasing the difficulty level i guess yeah um, and, and that's why you pay the quarterbacks what you pay them because they're supposed to be the stabilizing force that helps you get over the top um when games are close in the fourth quarter um problem is sadly burrows hurt 
and Mahomes doesn't have um, a collection of skill players that he really trusts. So uh, you could argue both teams are, are pretty much doomed and at least <laughs> – at least somebody will feel good on yeah. Sunday night, you know, before yeah. the before the ball drops for 2024. I don't know which team, honestly, um, is gonna feel better. Like I have no feel on this game. I'm like, you could you could give me any scenario, Paul, and I'll be like, sure, that could happen. Yeah, yeah. That, that could totally happen. Like, um, you know, if uh yeah, I hadn't thought about it the way you just explained earlier, that if Mason Rudolph and <laughs> Nick, Nick Mullins. Mullins. Yeah. Can can go out here and have success. Surely. And if, and if Patrick Mahomes can't, <laughs> yeah. We they got real problems. Real you problems. Know? Yeah. yeah. So we'll say we'll we'll see. Uh, the 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 like seven or seven and a half, whatever the line is now, has been one of the is one of the goofiest ones I've seen yes. all year. I'm I like, these I are these feel like two very like teams. I know the Bengals had a very public display of poor in, in Pittsburgh, but yeah. also I don't like I just don't necessarily see a huge difference in two teams I, I that don't. are kind of a flawed groups. Yeah, you know, I don't. Mahomes I don't versus either. Browning aside, right? I don't either. I mean, you could say Mahomes versus Browning, but again, the Chiefs turn the ball over, yeah, so they're, <laughs> they're giving possessions away. Yeah, and helping you know, and the and I and I feel I feel really bad for you know as a human, you can feel really sad for the Chiefs defense. It's like you know on this side, and I, I'm sure. Bengals fans might go through this too. Like, man, all right, we got Burrow, we got Chase. Um, man, if we could just build a, a really nice defense, we'll be set. The Chiefs literally did that. Yeah, the Chiefs literally have and now the offense is, is, is just is yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, we got we got a great coach. Cool. We got a we got an awesome quarterback. Fantastic. We got we still got a Hall of Fame tight end, right? I would say I still love what I, I know he's dealing with a shoulder injury. I love Jamar Chase. I I, I love watching him play. Um, and yeah, and like you said, hey, this is the best offensive line the Bengals have had. Yeah, well, it's funny. I, you know who loves this? You know who loves this conversation? Every receiver that's about to be in free agency or the draft. <laughs> like, like, look, they you had Jake Browning's at quarterback, and they were moving the ball and scoring a ton of points. Yeah. It was the best offense in a year. It was Higgins and Chase, and and guys yeah. were making plays because receivers can make plays and but yet on the other side you have Mahomes and not enough weapons yeah. and the whole thing can fall apart and I do think it, it, it continues to hammer home that like look receivers and they've been getting paid accordingly the bumps mm -hmm. the spikes have been seen and yep. they've proven worth it uh, a vast majority of the times that they've been paid um and so we'll we'll see who knows maybe T Higgins will end up in Kansas City maybe that, maybe that will be the flip I instead was... of Orlando Brown I was just about to say, if Chiefs fans weren't thrilled with Orlando, they were like, okay, we understand. We're going to try to improve at the left tackle. And they're like, can you not go to the Bengals? You yeah. know? <laughs> Come on. Man. Come on. Anywhere yeah. but there. Every, yeah. Everybody everybody thought Orlando Brown was going to go to the Bears because the Bears had, like, a ton of cap space at the time. And obviously they were still trying to figure out what they were going to do with Justin Fields. They're like, the Bengals? No. You know? <laughs> um, but, it, but it does help the robbery. So if there are no intelligent – if there are like super duper intelligent hardcore salary cap Chiefs fans, bring a sign to Arrowhead that says "T." Yeah. Patrick Mahomes will pay you. He will literally take money out of his paycheck to pay That's you. That's right. I, you know, like, like, like T. I don't care what I don't care what the offers is. Just 
Look, oh. we need a receiver, man. Um, Wouldn't that be something? Talk it about would. talk about something if that happened. I, Bengals fans, close ear muffin on that conversation. You're not going <laughs> to want to think about that. No. You're not going to want to think about that possibility. No, and he's oh, been great against the Chiefs. That's the that's the other thing too. Like he's he's he is he has who he has put damage on them every time they face. You know, he's had a very up and down year, but it, over the course of his time here, he's proven whenever Jamar Chase has been out, he's a real one. Like he, he has step up. Yes. He's put up huge numbers when yes. asked to be the one uh, and, and been unselfish as the one a or one B or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's going to get, he's going to get yeah. paid for it. And Bengals fans just hope it's, it's, it's not by the chiefs. Uh, <laughs> all right, Nate, appreciate it. Really looking forward to seeing you this weekend. It will be uh it should be another fun installment. And uh, I look forward to seeing the trash talk that ensues afterwards, which is inevitable between. These yes. Two. Uh, if if the Raiders are lighting cigars in the in the in the visitors locker room in Arrowhead after beating the Chiefs, I can't imagine what the what the Bengals will do. So yeah, uh, love talking to you as always, my man. And yeah, look forward to seeing you on Sunday, the last day of this uh, this lovely 2023 year. What a great year it's been! Thanks, Nate. Thank you, sir. Yep. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a? <clears throat> real pos you need shopify for retail shopify pos is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory shopify has everything you need to sell in person with shopify you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Always great catching up with Nate Taylor. Great perspective on all things Bengals Chiefs. Should be, you know, not what we thought it would be, but still fun. Still interesting. Still matters. Um, and so looking forward to seeing that play out. Um, Arby's this week. I'm driving in to the stadium on Wednesday and all of a sudden my phone is just blowing up with a million Twitter mentions, which is never good. Um, in this case, I think it was out of nowhere for the first time in like over a year, Joe Burrow tweets and he tweets about aliens. Show me the aliens. And I get a million messages of people adding me pointing out that, as I long suspected, Burrow would use his downtime to catch up on old episodes of Hear the Podcast Growling. As you know, as any diligent face of the franchise would. And uh, that said, Jake Browning later asked 
if he believes in aliens after Burroughs' tweet, and he delivered a fantastic line, um, I don't care. I'm still trying to figure out Earth. Shout out to that. Uh, well, guess what? Figuring out aliens might soon be part of figuring out Earth, okay? Weird, weird stuff. Weird stuff going on. He, he's out, he, Burroughs out there reading Stephen Hawking books, that, that picture of him holding that book coming off the plane the other day. He's tweeting about aliens. He's feeling a little close to the extraterrestrial right now. I like it. I like He's leaning into the bit, which I appreciate. Shout out Joe for out of nowhere uh, keeping our conversations alive. Uh, Growler Rhett this week. Of course, no winners last week. So close. Many great submissions. We've got New Year's stuff. So I have high hopes for all of you on New Year's. Um, to drop in something that can make me laugh, pdaner at theathletic.com with Growler in the subject header. Of course, you can you can still use hashtag Bengals Growler bet on Twitter. Checking that as well. Uh, this week, I'm going to do Mahomes passing yards. Patrick Mahomes, uh, just to, to recap where we're at here, um, hasn't exactly been a world killer. Let's just go through his last few games. Um, 235 yards last week against the Raiders. The previous week, 305. 271, 210, 298, 177, 185. That's going back through this stretch. Just not exactly what you expect. Uh, I mentioned earlier, four straight games with a pick. As Nate was talking about, many of which not his fault. But this offense for the Chiefs, it stinks. They've lost three of four. But will the Bengals' defense be what Patrick Mahomes needs to get right? Or uh, will the Bengals get right? I, I like this one. Patrick Mahomes passing yards this week's Bengals growler bet. Uh, epilogue, by the way, to the James Rapine cameo conversation from last week. Talk to James about this. James, I think, had basically no idea he even really had cameo. Uh, had never used it before. I guess signed up for it at some point when everyone, you know, you got to sign up for whatever the latest app is. Shout out to Ray for trying to get the cameo request. James basically said, yeah, just send me a message. Like, just I can just record a message. I don't need, I don't need to go through cameo for this. So James not out there with a cameo side hustle yet. Yet. Though, I, I hope he will. I hope he will sometime soon. Um, so just a little, little epilogue to that story that, was one that cracked me up from the other day. Um, let's get to the prediction. I First of all, as, as I said, I mean, the line doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand what Vegas thinks is going to happen in this game. And I get it, you know. The Bengals' defense has allowed just about anybody to rack, to rack up points and yards, and so why, why can't Mahomes figure it out here? But... You know, the Bengals' defense has been opportunistic. They've gotten turnovers. They've done them in big spots. The red zone has been troublesome for the Chiefs. We know how one thing you can say about this Bengals' defense. They have been good. They've gotten turnovers in the red zone. 
an absurd amount, as I documented a couple weeks ago. I mean, they have 12 turnovers from the 35 and in. And so it does feel like a game where that's going to be a part of it. That's going to be what keeps it close. I just, I don't know if this offense can muster up enough against a really good Chiefs defense to to make the difference. I I, I think, you know, those turnovers are going to have to lead directly to to a score to to kind of flip what what feels a little bit like a coin toss type game. I I think they're in it right to the end, but uh, I I just. I have not seen enough from the Bengals' defense, despite some of the progress there has been over the last month. You know, the tackling is better. It, even though, you know, it is two or three plays here, there have probably actually been fewer explosives. They've just been massive. Um it just seems like there's going to be one or two of those because there just always is. I just don't know that I've seen enough to make me think that that even against a struggling Chiefs offense that Mahomes and Andy Reid and company can't get enough, muster enough uh, to get there. Now, I think the Bengals need to be able to score 21 or more to win this game, and I don't, I don't know that they're going to they're gonna make it against the Chiefs defense. Um, so I've, I have Chiefs with a field goal at the end, which is just the, I know, I'm sorry, Bengal fan. I know it's like salt in the wound, right? Um, but I have Chiefs 20, Bengals 17, uh, is my, my prediction. But again, I, this, if I were, if I were putting a line on this one, it would maybe be Chiefs minus two and a half. I don't, you know. I think it's close. I think that's I think that's what these two teams are. I think they're very much similar teams. Um despite maybe the higher hopes that are still available for Kansas City just because of who their quarterback is, but you know the Bengals should be right there. It's, can they post enough? Can the defense turns you know some turnovers into some points and, and try to flip the script there on the road all right thanks everybody for listening like i said we'll be back on the walkout uh new year's eve Just trying to sneak it in see if we get, we'll sneak it in under the wire you can cheers to the new year and hit play on the walkout just what what a better way to start off 2024 can't think of a better way then start off the new year. Then with a good freshie uh, live from Kansas City. So, all right. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody.